If you look to my right and left, you'll see two boards that, when put together, say celebrate God's generosity. I hope it's something that we do each and every day of our life as we think about the way in which God has poured out his blessings upon us. And I hope as a congregation, it's not just something that we consider in moments like this when we celebrate the paying down of a large debt. The Lord's blessings has been upon this place since 1946 when the Christians at the Brainerd congregation felt that there was a need for a place of worship here on this side of, of town. And because of their kindness and generosity and faithfulness, the East Brainerd Church of Christ was birthed and through its years, God's blessings have continued to be seen and been made known. This wasn't the original site and original location for those Christians in 1946 who were worshiping. They started out in a home, even used a school, and as you turn off of East Brainerd Road there by the the CVS and you see the the lodge building that sits there on the right-hand side of the road, that used to be a meeting place for us as well. For the 1970s, The congregation that is now East Brainerd moved here to this site, this location. And originally, the building that was built up on the hill was one that that served this community and this congregation well. And as the blessings of God continued to pour out, more individuals continued to come. So much so that there was an overflow and there was too, too many people. There wasn't enough space. A decision was made that, all right, let's have multiple worship times and opportunities. Now it's something we see a lot of in our communities with different churches having multiple worship times. But, but back when, when we decided to go in this route, it wasn't something you saw all that much, but it was something that was needed because just of the numbers. And as these two services continued to grow, it was finally decided, you know what, uh, perhaps what we need is, is a larger meeting space. And through much prayer and contemplation, the decision was made that a new meeting area would be built, that those two worship services would become one with the hopes of perhaps having to become two or three again one day. But that a new facility would be built that would be used by the congregation to bless the community And to be able to strengthen the worshipers who could come. It was around the year 2004 that everything really got into full speed. And there was a note that was taken out for some three and a half million dollars. And a commitment that was made by those who were part of this congregation to to pay that note off. You might know that if you've been here throughout that entire time, there's been different ups and downs that the congregation has experienced. Highs and lows, but through it all, God's generosity and and God's blessing. And and I I just thought it would be, I thought it'd be appropriate just to see how many of you here today in 2017 worshipped in the old auditorium before this one was built. Would you stand for a moment if, if you're here today and you worship in the old auditorium? 
I want you to stand up and I want the others to see you here just for a moment because you have been here through the long haul. It is because of of your generosity, it is because of your sacrifice, it is because of your love for this community and the people of God here that we are in this building today. And for those who have come since, who have been a part of this congregation, we owe a great deal of gratitude and thanks to you for all that you have done and for all that you continue to do. And I want to say thank you this morning for the way in which you have used your blessings to bless the East Brainerd Church of Christ. Thank you very much. And now I want those of you who are standing to see those that, that God has, has brought if you have only known this building as the place of worship for East Brainerd, would, would you stand now? As I said, the blessings of God continue to flow and it continues to, to be poured out so that those who, who had been in the other building opened arms and said, we want to have more space and we want to be able to welcome more more servants in the kingdom. And so, you are the answer, I want you to know, you are the answer to the prayers of those who stood before you. You are the fruit of, of their petition to God to, to bring others to work in the kingdom and to serve at this place that is East Brainerd. And so now, those of you who are sitting, who look around and see the answer to your prayer, would you please give thanks to these who have come? And you may be seated. But as I said, to have this facility meant that there was going to be some sacrifice that would, be, that would be made. There would be a note that would have to be paid off. And no one knew what would happen from the time that the note was agreed upon until now. No one could see the future. No one could know if there would be downturns in the economy or not. No one could know if there would be more people in 2017 than in 2014. But those of you who were here in 2004 stepped out on faith and said, we believe that God will provide. We believe in God's generosity. And over time, we've tried to remind one another of those things. You might remember that around the time of 2011, we made a commitment that we were going to, to go full force and go all in when it came to paying off our debt. And one of the things that we looked at was, was this idea, the idea that generosity is the expectation for God's people. For those of you who are around then, you might remember that we had a Harvest Giving Sunday. And then on that Harvest Giving Sunday, we asked and we prayed that we might be able to give gifts that would total $250,000 that would be matched. The leadership of the congregation said that we would match it and that we would put $500,000 to the principle of the debt that we had on this facility. And, and all of that year we prayed and we planned and we prepared. And when the day came, we did not give gifts of $250,000. We gave gifts of over $300,000. And it was a great blessing and it was a great day of celebration. Because we believe that generosity is the expectation. 
And for those that God has poured his blessings upon, that we all should be willing to share. But we also pointed out another fact. That debt is the enemy of generosity. And as long as we had the debt on this facility, there were things that we were going to be unable to do. Ministries that we were going to be unable to to furnish to the level that they needed to be. And this became the driving force behind our commitment that we were going to make sure that when each calendar year ended, we ended that not in the red but in the black, that we would have at least break even or we would have some type of surplus. That we would be able to say that we were going to use the monies that were given in a way that truly brought honor and glory to the kingdom with our eye on the goal of being able to pay down this debt, knowing that the money that we sent each month to our lending institution would one day be able to be used to give to ministries, not only here in Chattanooga, but also around the world. And in that process, we did not just stop everything that we were doing. We had opportunities like school supply day, where I remember, I think it may be at, the, at its zenith and peak, Some 3,500 students from this area came through with their parents to get their school supplies and get hot dogs on a Saturday morning. And it was also during that time that we said, you know what, there are students in our neighborhoods that are hungry on the weekends, and so we're going to do our best to try to feed them, and the snack pack ministry was also begun. It was during the time that we were paying off this debt that we said, you know what, we have We have people here who want to go and be missionaries. And so we tasked Jeremy and Whitney Davis and their beautiful young girls to go to Peru. And that is where they are currently serving today. We also had the opportunity to bless Jordan Aikens as she would grow up here in this congregation. Serve also here on staff. Get married and go off to the Dominican Republic to also work and serve. And we said, we want to support you in this endeavor. We didn't stop the things that we were doing. We just tried to be good stewards of the money that was coming in, always with our eye on the goal that we wanted to do more. And we wanted to place more people in areas of service. And we wanted to have more opportunity for mission expansion. And so we're here today to celebrate the generosity of God And to be able to say, finally, the day that we have been looking for, the day that we have been praying for, the day that we have been giving toward, that day has finally come. It's here. We no longer have a debt on this facility. We no longer have a mortgage on this building or on the Family Life Center that ended up being rolled in to the mortgage on this facility during that whole process. And it's because of your kindness and generosity, some of you going over and above, giving gifts that no one else here knows you gave, but God knows. And I want to say a special thank you to to two ladies who have been responsible for making sure that this debt has been paid through the years. Debbie Cowan and Kimberly Highfield are, have worked in our office. Debbie uh, no longer is uh, working in that capacity now. Kimberly took over for her. But it's been their responsibility to see that this debt was paid each month. 
And I know that for both of them, there were times where there was concern about where some of the funds were going to come from to be able to pay this debt and then other responsibilities that we had. And they spent many sleepless nights in prayer asking God again that his generosity might be seen. And I am so thankful for those two women and for their kindness and for their faithfulness during this process. Debt's an enemy of generosity. And so we want to look forward to the future, to the things that are going to come. And we want you to be a part of that today. And so here's what we're going to do as we pass our baskets. Uh, For the first time since 2004, the baskets that we are passing, the monies that are given, are not going to go to debt on this facility. There are going to be other opportunities that we're going to be able to use this money for. And we've asked you before to be thinking about different ways that we can use the monies that are going to be given in different areas that we can, can go to. And so you see these boards that say celebrate and that say God's generosity. Also in the back, there are two boards just like this, but they say seek new opportunities. Once the basket comes your way and after you you give, or maybe you've given online, or you've set up uh, some type of, of other giving opportunity, once that basket passes, we want to give you the opportunity to go to one of these boards, and there are Sharpie markers that are beside them, and to write a quick prayer of blessing or thanksgiving on these boards. To write on the board something that you hope an area that East Brainerd is going to be able to work in in the future, something that that the money that we give is going to go to, whatever it might be that God has put on your heart as a passion. We want you to put that up on the board. It doesn't have to take very long. You just come up here and say, praise God for your faithfulness to us. Come up and say, we want to give more snack packs. We want to have, we want to have more mission opportunities, whatever it might be that is on, that is on your heart. And again, so after that basket goes by, you'll have the opportunity to do it. Our elders are going to, to lead the way in this, and you're also going to find an elder that will be at each board as well. While the baskets are being passed, Derek is going to lead us in singing. I believe there's about four songs that we're going to do. And so you just kind of keep track of the songs, and that way you'll kind of know about how long you have to, to get up and to go write your prayer, your, your blessing, your thanksgiving, whatever it is that you would like to to put there. It's a wonderful day. It's the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for your generosity and for the way that you have poured out your blessings upon so many who are here and for the faithfulness that so many have shown in wanting to use the blessings that have come from you to be a part of the ministries that we have here at East Brainerd. And I thank you for those who have been touched through the years by this place. For those who say, this is where I was baptized. For those who say, this is where I said my vows and was married. For those who say, this is where I recommitted myself to Christ. For those who say, this is where Jesus first became real at Vacation Bible School. For those who say, this is where I said goodbye to the one I loved at the funeral. Father, your blessings have been poured out on those who have come here seeking 
solace, seeking peace, seeking comfort. Your blessing has been poured out on those who have, who have come to this place seeking shelter and food, people who have come here seeking a new life. And I'm thankful for all the different ways the facilities here have been used. But more than that, I'm grateful for the people who are here and for those who have come before us who make up the East Brainerd Church family. For that they looked at the blessings that they had and said that it was not for them and them alone, but it was so others might be blessed. Father, will you continue to bless the giving that goes on here? And may you fill us with great imagination when it comes to ways in which we can use the money that we give to you. Father, I pray for these blessings that are going to be written that we might in just a small way be able to write down the joy, the excitement, the gratitude that is in our heart. We thank you for your generosity and we seek new opportunities. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. I mentioned just a few minutes ago that we had Jeremy and Whitney in Peru. So he sent me a text because he's worshiping along with us. And one of our elders, Kevin Lee, is also there with him and Whitney giving them encouragement. And he says, put this on the board. Mission training, sending, and church planning in and around Chattanooga. That's what he and Whitney want to see more of as the blessings of God continue to be shared. Man, it's awesome to be here this morning and to be able to share in this time together. Makes you just want to do a little shouting, doesn't it? Woo! Right? Yes. Now, if you have missed the last three weeks, let me give you a quick catch-up, all right? Just a quick catch-up. We have a series that's called Shout, Your Giant Has Fallen, and we believe that if we're going to be talking about shouting, we need to do a little bit of it, and we believe we should do a little bit of it because of something that we find in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Look at the screen here at this verse. It says, when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran And then the men of Israel and Judah gave a great of triumph and rushed after the Philistines. Now, earlier in the story, if you remember this from your Sunday school days, they were cowering in fear and they were wasting time. For 40 days, a giant had come out onto the battlefield and asked for the champion of God to come down and fight for his armies. And no one ventured onto the battlefield until David comes along. And David goes down onto the battlefield, and you remember the story. He takes the five stones, he puts one in a sling, round and around it goes, and the giant comes tumbling down. And then you get this particular idea here, that now the Philistines see that their champion is dead, the Israelites see that their champion is victorious, and there is a change in attitude. There is a change in their behavior. There is a change in their emotions. And now they are rushing onto the battlefield and they chase the enemy. And I thought, why as Christians don't we get more excited about the opportunities that we have that God has put before us to chase away darkness? Why don't we get more excited about those opportunities? 
See, we've had those. We've mentioned some of those opportunities already. Things and ministries that we have been involved in here as a church where we have been striving to chase away some of the darkness that is upon our land and in our community. And one of, I think, the best things that God has blessed us here with at East Brainerd, He has blessed us with the beginnings of what we like to refer to as a a multicultural congregation. Where we have Caucasian and Hispanic, we have African American, we have individuals that speak English, we have individuals who speak Spanish, we have people who come from all kinds of different walks and background, and we call each other brother, and we call each other sister because we are together in Christ. And because we are together in Christ, God has brought us and put us here for a moment just like this right here and now. In a time where it seems like our communities are becoming more and more fractured, God has lifted up a community saying, this is what light can look like in the darkness. This is what light can look like when everything around us seems to be falling apart and there seems to be more hatred than love. There seems to be more animosity than kindness when no one cares about their brother or their sister anymore. This here within this community, this is what it should look like. When those that I love and those that I have created have been brought together and they raise their voice as one, they give service in the kingdom as one. And so I think we should shout because of that. I think that we should should. Fill up with emotion because of that. Not just here when we come together to worship, but each and every day of our life, realizing that we are a part of something that is truly amazing, something that is truly outstanding, that God is doing a great work right here among us. And he has, for some 70 plus years, been doing it right here with the people at the East Brainerd Church of Christ. And you are now a part of a legacy of faith. And you are a part of a legacy of service. And you have sacrificed and you have given week after week, month after month, year after year in so many different ways. You have placed your life at the foot of the cross and said, I will give myself totally to the kingdom of God. But I think that when all was said and done, that those three older brothers of David who were already there along the battle lines and all of those individuals who were part of the army, I really do think they look back and they had regret because of the time that they wasted. For 40 days, the, de- the devil is going to be taunting the army of God. And for 40 days, the army of God sits and waits. And you know what? Life is too short. Life is too short to sit and listen to all of the yelling and screaming that the darkness does. Life is too short to sit and to wait and hope that somebody will come on the scene. Somebody will walk down into the battlefield. Somebody will be victorious. Life is too short. You are just a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes and you're gone. And the time that we spend waiting, the time that we spend saying, I'll be obedient to God when my children are grown. The time that we spend waiting saying, I'll be obedient to God when I get out of the house. I'll be obedient to God after I get my bills paid. The time that we spend waiting saying, you know what, 
I'll be obedient to God when there's a better season of my life. I'll be obedient to God when I get everything together. I'll be obedient to God tomorrow. I'll be obedient to God next week. I'll be obedient to God next year. The time that we waste, we never get back. And for those of us who find ourselves sitting and waiting and listening to the enemy taunt us, those days, those months, those weeks, those years that we have been waiting on the sidelines, refusing to become involved in the wonderful things that God is doing with his kingdom, we will never get back. Because life is short. And we're here but for a moment and then gone. But life might be short, but your God is big. Your God is big. Remember when David walked down into the battlefield and he had a totally different frame of mind? He looked at the giant and said, I come to you in the name of the God of the heavenly armies. He understood that he might appear small and he might appear weak in the eyes of the giant, but that his God was big and his God was powerful and that his God was the one that was going to give the victory. And I truly believe that for the church to be able to rise up and to be the influence it needs to be in the community, in the homes, in the world, then the church has got to recapture this vision that life might be short, but our God is big. And we might not have much time. And we might not have a lot of opportunities. But the time that we do have and the opportunities that are made available to us, we will participate in a way that shows that it is not by my own power, but it is through His. And He is the one who gives the victory. I love the words of Ephesians 3 and verse 20. To Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Life is short, but God is big I made a listing of some different people who, who have this as their rallying cry. Life is short, but God is big. It's the voice of the giant slayer. It's the voice of the disciple maker. It's the voice of the martyr who pays the ultimate price for the sake of the gospel. It's the voice of the movement starter who sees what can be and takes a risk. It's the voice of the church planter who choose not to be comfortable. It's the voice of those who impact culture in Jesus' name. It's the voice of the prayer warrior. Life is short, but God is big. It's the voice of the injustice fighter who has been moved by Christ's freedom and is compelled to seek freedom for, for, for others. It's the voice of the teacher who pours into students everything that she can. It's the voice of the psychologist or the doctor, the surgeon, who reflect Christ in all that they do. It's the voice of the counselor who says, I won't let you quit. It's the voice of the business leader who refuses to take all the profits. It's the voice of the blue-collar worker who does his job as an act of worship. It's the voice of the grandmother and the grandfather who set a godly example of obedience through every season of life. It's the voice of the one who speaks to his neighbor about the big things in life. It's the voice of anyone who holds the door open so that others can hear the name of Jesus. 
It's the voice of those who are on the front lines right now, pushing through the darkness and saying, we are going to bring the gospel to all of mankind, no matter what the cost. Life is short, but God is big. And so because of that, don't waste your days. Don't waste your days. Don't waste your 40 days hoping for a champion. Don't waste your days hoping that someone will come and do battle against your giant. For you are God's masterpiece and you were created anew in Christ Jesus in order to be able to do the good works that God had already prepared and had in mind for you to do. See, here's the great thing. Before we ever decided to build this building here, God knew what was going to be happening. And now it's been done. And now it's been paid. And I just wonder, what has God imagined next for us? What has God imagined next for these people? What has God imagined next with your own family, with your individual ministry? What has God imagined next with the blessings that he's given to you? What has God imagined next? Where is going to be your area that you are going to claim because you have had a champion that has been victorious? You see, we don't waste our days. We don't wait hoping for someone else to step up, to speak up, to do something. We are the ones who are the chains that the world needs. We are the ones who should give the love. We are the ones who offer the forgiveness. We are the ones that stand against injustice. We are the ones who say there is a right and there is a wrong. We are the ones who honor God. We are the ones that say Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and life comes through Him. And we don't have time to waste. But our God is big. And we have great opportunities. And so I want to remind you of one last thing. You've got a champion. You've got to believe in him. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And every giant that comes and shouts at you, every single time that you feel like you have been called on to the battlefield, you need to remember that the only power that those giants have is the power that you give. Because the darkness and the evil that appears to lie behind has been destroyed by Christ on the cross. And so because of that, we have a different attitude and we have a new perspective. And so we rush into the classroom with a shout of triumph. We go into the marketplace with a shout of triumph. We go back to our homes shouting hallelujah. We come to our worship assemblies with glad and sincere hearts bringing praise to God. We understand that our champion has been victorious. And because of that, then the goals that God has set for us, the imagination that he has saying, this is where I want you to go and this is what I want you to accomplish, that those things can and will be done. Because God does not call you to get out of the boat unless he thinks that you can truly walk on the water. And so you have a champion. And your champion destroyed the work of the devil. And so it's time to rush out. And with a shout of triumph, be light in the darkness. Give me one clap. Give me two claps. Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! Shout with triumph. Because your giant has fallen and your champion is victorious. If you need to come this morning, whatever the reason might be, we encourage you to come as we stand and give praise to God.